Nice. Are we back in person today? We are back in person. What do you know? How nice does that feel? Yeah. It's uh, great to be on campus. Sure is. As they say. And we got some breaking news also. Wow. Just a few minutes ago before we began to record, pretty big uh, waiver news in that Alex Nedeljkovic is on there. What yeah. do you think? What's your initial reaction to this? Crazy. Um, it's, just, it's just wild how this guy's value has has gone through the floor in recent years um obviously you know when he was traded from carolina like what the hell are they thinking their goalie of the future they just traded him away for a third round pick but since then oh, he's been awful he's been straight dog shit with the red wings and uh do you have his stats pulled up i uh, didn't manage to get them uh, in time. i got them in five seconds All or right. less uh this year uh he's an 880 in, in only nine nhl games and oh. i didn't realize this but it looks like uh, he's played in the AHL this year already on a conditioning stint, I assume. Uh, he was a 920 in six games, so very solid at that level. Yeah. Um. Uh, but the Red Wings, I think, let me just check there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it looks like Magnus Helberg has totally taken over that backup position from him. And I think if I remember uh, correctly, Helberg has done done quite well there. And Nadaljkovic is just clearly the third best one now. He was bad last year. I believe he's even worse this year. Uh, it hasn't worked out at all. So they're saying, you know, you're the worst one. And uh, I, I'm undecided on whether I think he'll get claimed because, I mean, first of all, uh, we talk a lot about how goaltending, especially even just with the addition of Vegas five years ago and Seattle now, is scarcer and it's harder for teams to get good goaltending. Um, and Delchkovic is not a long-term commitment at all. He's, this is the last year of his deal, and then he's a UFA, uh, and he's a $3 million AAV. So a team with, a, with some cap room, who wants to, you know, try to improve their goaltending, try being the key word there, uh, it'll be harder to find any other option, oh, let yeah, alone no. a better one. Right. So the, the issue is he's he's bad, right? So the, the right. team I think of is maybe Arizona, right? Who's their backup behind Vamelka? Connor Ingram. Okay. Yeah. You could you could throw in Nadelkovic, see if uh, you can reclaim that project, maybe even flip him at the deadline at half or take. Because you don't want him to play well for you. Well, you know, unless you you play has like two good games max, and then you flip him, right? See, but like Vamelka's been good, but yet they, he's been, you know, the, the the whole team in front of him as entirety has been dog shit enough, despite the fact that Vamelka's been awesome. You know, they're still very much in tank mode. And I have a better idea, I think. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you claim the Delskovic if you're Arizona, make him your starter, and trade Vamelka just to get an extra body in there. Um, but still, you can because you can definitely you could get quite a decent return for Karel Vamelka. Hundred percent, I imagine. And Nedeljkovic is just <laughs> a body to throw in there Jesus. to be your Mrazic. And I, assuming he continues playing as well as he has in Detroit, Arizona would get somehow even much worse than they already are. Yeah, you know what? That's a great plan. Yeah, committing to the tank bit. Um, and if anything, if Nedeljkovic is better than expected, you can f- send his ass to yeah, flip him too. <laughs> throw Connor Ingram's. In the- Butt in net and then call it a day. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're right. There is no long term commitment, so I wouldn't be surprised if Nadelkovic. But it would have to be a team, a bottom feeding team. Any of these contenders, any of, you know, they have better things to do with their cap space than to spend three million of it 
on Alex Nedeljkovic, who's uh, maybe not an NHL backup anymore. The other one I wonder about is Buffalo, because they may still be, you know, hoping and praying to make the playoffs. And Nedeljkovic is, at best, I'd say about as good as Eric Comrie. Yeah, sure. Maybe even, yeah, he's at that level. So, you know, the question is, how much cap space do they have right now? A ton. Right, they do. What are they going to do with the deadline? Um, you know, that's, that's, that's the plan. But I, don't, I still don't really see them doing it um, because cap space is so scarce. You know, if you can, even, if you're, even if you're contending, you can still you know, act as that third-party facilitator for a trade. And I feel like that would be a better use of your cap space than you know, taking this lottery ticket. Yeah, that's the other main question is, is there a better way to use this three million? Just because we have a ton of it, is there a better way to use it than this? Uh, and in most cases, there is. Um, if you're Arizona, though, I mean, first of all, it is a you know the short commitment, and the we want a, a worse goalie than one we already have situation. Um, we got free. we got to, we've got to compete with Peter Mrazek, who gave up four goals on five <laughs> shots, and then <laughs> they pulled him and put in Alex Stalock, who gave up two goals on the first two shots. Oh, what a graphic! Was Did it you six see that? goals, yeah, on seven shots. Just uh, incredible work of art. Uh, this is fantasy superstars, the both of them. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, and back to Nadalkovich. Yeah, just crazy, crazy cratering of his stock. Um, I don't know. I, I, I find it hard to even think of, of such an example, uh, like, you know, a prior example of where, you know, this guy seems to have established himself in the NHL uh, with the Hurricanes, has a good, great rookie season, gets traded for not enough for, for his value that day, and then he's terrible. Just like that, basically out of the NHL. I mean, it's not so uncommon you see a goalie be great and then all of a sudden they're terrible and no one knows why. Yeah. Uh, Matt Murray, for example. But he's uh, good again. John Gibson. I think the difference is those guys, well, Gibson, you know, locked in a massive deal and Matt Murray had the Stanley Cup so they continue, you know, get, get chances. Uh, Nadalchkovic, I imagine during the offseason someone will take a, a flyer on him. Yeah. Because, you know, he has been strong in the past. Uh but I don't know. I mean, you know, if he continues playing like this, he's definitely not going to stick around in the NHL for very long. No, it's brutal. Like, you know, $3 million contract. What's he going to He's probably going to get a league min yeah. on the next one. Um, and win the Vesna. <laughs> yeah, certainly. So, uh, yeah, well, it remains to be seen whether he'll, be, he'll, get, he'll get picked off of waivers. Um, yeah, on to some other news. Wait. Oh, wait. Shall we go to the Bruins? I have another piece of news. Go ahead. Uh, it's not hockey related at all. Nope. Oh. But it's an incredibly big piece of news that I feel like we have to mention anyway. Go for it. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? No. Uh, did you hear that two days ago, uh, Phineas and Ferb is getting rebooted? No, I did not. <laughs> I have seen a bunch of stuff Phineas and Ferb related on my timeline, mostly because I'm following you. But, but I you didn't realize why. I had no reason why. Yeah. I, I, something was going on, clearly, but, you know. Yeah, uh, so the reason in that massive spike in what I'm discussing on Twitter is because Phineas and Ferb is getting rebooted for two seasons. Uh, on Disney Plus. Two seasons? For 40 episodes. That's nuts. It is nuts. And, okay, so I feel like I, I have to talk about this, um, even though I will not tie it into hockey whatsoever, <laughs> but I wanted to it. bring it up. Um, so basically, so I assume everyone who's listening has heard of Phineas and Ferb, who hasn't. Um, for anyone who's not as familiar with the details, uh, the show ended in 2015, um, and then in 2020, Disney Plus was like reached out to the creator, said, hey, uh, make a movie. Well, it was 2019. They reached out, but the movie came out in 2020. So like, there was like a kind of minor reboot with the Phineas and Ferb movie, and there were whisperings like, oh, are they gonna come? Are they gonna do more movies? Are they gonna do more episodes? Uh, and back in September, at D23, which is like some kind of convention, uh, 
the two creators or the co-creators were scheduled to speak together. And we thought they're gonna they're gonna announce more Phineas and Ferb content, and then they didn't. And it was like, oh, that's disappointing. I, <laughs> guess, I guess there isn't. And there was nothing, just radio silence for four months until randomly Friday, some Friday afternoon in the middle of winter, it's this unassuming uh, tweet from like the official yeah. like, Disney TV animation account with a picture of like a headshot of one of the creators. Like, here's sign back on contract with Disney for season two of Hamster and Gretel and two more seasons of Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> and we're like, wait, what? Uh, so now everyone's going crazy, talking about it, thinking about it. And uh, but there's still no confirmation as to whether or not the other uh, co-creator, uh, because he's busy with other stuff, is okay. actually going to continue to be a creative lead on it. Wow, talk about a Friday news dump. Yeah, really trying to. This is like this is yet. the time you would uh, usually drop something that you don't want people to talk about. Yeah. So which is why I almost didn't believe it at first. I was like, <laughs> it's so the weird. fact that no, it totally blindsided everyone. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't make a big deal out of it. You know, it seemed to be. This guy signed a fucking contract. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was two like more a PR, seasons. yeah, release. Yeah, bizarre. Weren't you, weren't you writing like a song ranking? Yeah, I am, which is very, because I... Crazy time. I published like the first part of that like an hour before that news came out. Wow. Almost as if you were in on it. Almost as if. Almost as if. This guy, he's got the timing. I got my sources. Perfect. <laughs> Look at him go. <laughs> All right. Cool shit. Two seasons. Wow. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. You love to see it. Fun shit. Want to talk about the Boston Bruins now? Let's roll. All right. Uh, so the Boston Bruins. What a good-looking team. Um, yeah, it's actually, um, we have managed to catch them on a week uh, where they lost a game, which is quite a rare occurrence, actually. Yeah, lost a game at home in regulation. For, for the first time of the <laughs> year. fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Right in front of our eyes. They cracked under the pressure. You know, they, they, just, they just can't handle us. Yeah, no, as, no as one can observers. seem to. No, they, everybody, everybody, everybody freaking falls off a cliff. Uh, but they did start the week against the Ducks. Um, talk about an easy opposition. <laughs> and Jesus Christ, they took advantage. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, they did a little line shuffle before. Craig Smith, who's been dog shit all year in his contract here, he got bumped up top line. And uh, Pasternak moved down to play next to Krejci. Um, and it seemed to work out pretty well for David fucking Pasternak this game. Uh, scores the first goal. Nice little one-timer. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, the, the Ducks are a complete disaster. And, and this is the case in point. This goal right here, Simon Benoit and John Klingberg, both not marking anybody, but also both simultaneously screening John Gibson um, and not allowing him to see the shot whatsoever. This motherfucker is looking around John Klingberg, who, by the way, looks terrible. You know, I had him on my fantasy team for a long while. Did not realize just how bad this guy was. But I watched him for one game, and he's shitting the bed all over the place defensive zone even the offensive zone john klingberg is ass he's terrible he's worse than i possibly ever could have possibly imagined so there's the news break yes yeah, so um, well, it's like some podcasts i listen to or things i read yeah. talk about like uh oh where's this player gonna get traded at the deadline and klingberg's name comes up and i'm would be i'm baffled trying to imagine what kind of team would want to acquire this player yeah as a rental that's right especially because 50 percent retained is three and a half you even if you do the double retention as 1.25 i'm like i don't like first of all if you're a contending team you probably already have someone quarterback in your power play sure. who's better than john klingberg and he's shown himself this year to be a total defensive liability he's yeah. really lit so much money on fire with his with his first of all not signing that uh, long-term offer from dallas last year yeah and then playing terribly this year right and then like he got multiple offers from dallas right just the, the, there was like a long-term offer on the table at one point 
and just this last offseason, fucking decided to test the market. He's fumbled the bag so hard. He could have walked into one of the biggest Albatross contracts in the league <laughs> and instead is looking at, you know, maybe league mid next year um, because he's awful. He is awful. Um, but yeah, moving on. Uh, David Krejci scores the second goal. Completely unmarked in the slot. Why the fuck not? Nice little pass from Pasternak behind the net. Um, Trevor Ziga scored the only goal for the Ducks. Oh, he had one waved off earlier because the net was knocked off and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but here he scored on top shelf off a of one-timer. Um, David Pasternak, looking great all game. Scored it to make it 3-1. Uh, you know, trickled that one through. John Gibson on the power play. Yet another bad player on the Ducks who, again, looked terrible, John Gibson. Um, but... Uh, yeah, the power play looks good for Boston. They move the puck around really nicely. Granted, this is a terrible defensive team, um, but you know exactly what you want to see. Even like seconds before the pass on that goal, Ed Marshan like missing a wide open net. They are generating tons of offense. Yep. And then uh, Pasternak uh, score the next one too. Make it four to one. Breakaway feed from Matt Grizzlick. Yeah. Do you remember who he he fucking burned by on that breakaway? Uh was it Klingberg? It was fucking Klingberg. I didn't remember that. I just took a guess. <laughs> And then, speaking of the fifth goal, uh, it was Brad Marsh and buried a, you know, like a sort of rebound after a two-on-one with Trent Frederick. And uh, guess who pinched ter- on a bad pinch in the offensive zone that led to that two-on-one going the other way? John fucking Klingberg. Oh, I was going to guess. You didn't let me guess. <laughs> Sorry. Was it Conj Lingberg? Close. Close. It was, it was John fucking Klingberg. Oh, yeah, cool. man. Um, and, uh, you know, John Gibson was out there swimming. He was, like, out way ahead of the crease that led. You know, Marshawn kind of tucked it behind him. Um, Man, you know what? You know what yeah. I, I took note of? Uh, because, you know, a lot, a lot of times by the end of the season when a team is really bad, you can see they're playing, you know, sadly and lethargically. Um, the the Ducks, I think people started noticing that like in November, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's just gotten worse and worse. You can see I, there were several. Oh, I think it's uh, a later goal. Yeah, it's the the last the Charlie Coyle one yeah. where he like faked the wrap around and tucked it behind. Yeah. A goalie who cares wouldn't be able to <laughs> let that puck in. You know? That's like Awful. rule A like he was just kind of like, "Uh, oh, yeah, there it goes next to my ankle." Yeah. You know, the Pasternak uh, breakaway goal also the fourth one. He made John Gibson look like a total amateur. There's just, there's no live laugh love in the way the Ducks are playing. <laughs> it really is. And a team with, you know, uh ideally, you know, Zegris and McTavish uh and possibly whoever you get at the top of the draft this year is your core moving forward. You've already got two of those guys in the lineup. You don't want to be playing sour, no fun hockey all year long, especially in McTavish's rookie year. Uh, and I, I had thought they were going to try to take a step forward this year. Um, I was listening to Staff and Graf and Rachel Dory, who you know would know this type of thing from having worked with the Canucks recently. She, what she likes to do a lot is like really bend the rules of what she's allowed to say. She's <laughs> like, I'm not going to tell you how I know it, but I know the Ducks uh, were actually like have, did have a tank mindset going into the season. This season, yeah, going into okay. this year. Interesting. Uh huh. Which is yeah, very interesting. So I mean, that kind of changes the perspective. Sure. And I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, it's hard for me to to know how I how I feel about that just because Igor McTavish yeah. and Drysdale, who wasn't injured at that point, are already there on the team. Right. No, no, absolutely. You, you you question the effect on the development of those players. Yeah. Uh, if you have the core, but you know, given you know the the draft this year, I don't hate the plan. You know, the team still sucks ass. There's, yeah. There's not enough going on. Um, it's just, yeah. Do you, you worry for the young guys? Um, because the vibes here are <laughs> as bad as they could ever ever be. 
Um, no live, laugh, love. No, nothing. No live, laugh. Is that the, is that the saying of the week? You know about that live, laugh, love on the ducks? The, the lack thereof, yes. That, exactly. Lack thereof of live, laugh, love. Amen. Live, laugh, love, and the lack thereof. There, okay. that's the better way. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so really, really not many bright spots. Troy Terry having a good season on the ducks. And yeah, that, that's about it uh, in terms of bright spots on the ducks. Uh, Hampus Lindholm, who's been having a great season this year, made it 6-1. Yet another bad Gibson goal. Terrible angle. just went off his fucking head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Real, real dumb shit. Uh from the Ducks and John Gibson. And then, like you said, Charlie Coyle made it 7-1 uh, with that with that fake wraparound, and it just made it look so easy. Unchallenged behind the net, and then Gibson's, like, swimming out uh, out ahead, completely out of position. And uh, that's how the game ended. 7-1, <laughs> utter domination. And, yeah. What, what else did you expect? Um, I expected nothing else. Yep. I expected the Bruins to totally shit-kick him, and that's exactly what happened. Um. <laughs> Next up is, as we alluded to before, their first regulation home loss of the regular season over halfway through it. Uh, it was a 3 nothing shutout by Martin Jones and the Seattle Kraken. Of all people. You know, we reviewed the Kraken a few weeks ago. Yeah. We said, I don't buy it. I don't know how they were winning games before because they looked bad. Now they're even better than they were before. <laughs> Did they have what, like a six-game, seven-game winning yeah, streak or something? Yeah, that's right. Are we going to have to watch them again? <laughs> I don't know. Probably they're shooting the lights out. Uh, as part of the, the story tracks. there. Um, so, you know, a little shooting bender. Never hurt anybody. Um, yeah. I still stand by the take, though. But, you know, they look good. I'll give them that. Yeah, they looked good in this game. Yeah. You have to to beat the best team in the league, of course, uh, who didn't play so badly. Um, so, oh, I have in my notes here, Stanley Cup final preview, question mark. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny. Yeah. First period, um, Seattle opens the scoring. Uh, Daniel Sprung. Uh, with a quick turnaround shot from the board that Brandon Tanev deflects in from kind of along the goal line. Yeah. Tricky play to defend. Did you realize how well Daniel Sprung is doing? I did. Yeah, I, I've heard, like, rumbles. Have you, you know? have you looked up his stat line? No, I haven't looked up his stat you line. You should do it. Okay. Let's, let's I'm hesitant to... My GarageBand, uh, twice since I've been recording, has had, like, system overload, so I'm hesitant to go on Google Chrome and stuff too much. Um, so you look stuff up. With pleasure. Daniel Sprong in 35 games, 14 goals, 13 assists for 27 points. 27 points in 35 games for Daniel Sprong. Wow. See, huh. you say wow. Um, here's the thing, though. This is a guy who's bounced around the league quite a bit. He played with Pittsburgh, Anaheim, Washington, uh, and it seems like everywhere he goes, like he always scores goals. Like He's always scored goals wherever he's played in the lineup. And yet every team goes, ah, I don't really like you. I'm going to put you on waivers. I'm going to send you to the minors. I'm going to trade you away. And now that he's finally playing regularly in Seattle, he's like, you know, still good offensively. Yeah, I think, but he, to be fair to him, he is having like a career year. Um, and he's five foot nine. <laughs> yeah, but so like, you know, he scored goals in the past. That's, that's, he usually scores more goals than assists. You don't really see that often. Um, but, you know, yeah, 40 point guy usually. Um, but this year... He's obviously on pace too. By forty point guy, you mean forty point pace in like fourteen right. games. Yeah, well, or in forty games. He's had a handful of forty game seasons, and he okay. never really crosses the the forty point threshold in terms of pace. Um, so you know, taking a step forward. Yeah. Uh, for good for Daniel Sprung. Um, and yeah, that that was that was that was that was a funny tip on that goal too. You know, below yeah. the goal line and shit. Mm, the Bruins yeah, at this point, like you know, they weren't playing badly. They were they were getting their chances, breaking up plays. By the end of the first period, though. It was Allmark doing 
most of the work. Seattle was out shooting them uh, like double or so. Uh, second period, Martin Jones stops the David Pasternak breakaway, <laughs> uh, keeping them uh, in the lead. And then it's in the last minute of the second period, uh, waiver claim, uh, Ellie Tolvanen wires a puck off the back pipe. Uh, nice waiver claim they got there, 2 nothing. Yeah, no kidding. This guy's uh, played seven games with them, scored four goals already, and six points uh, for the crack. And so, you know, I, I saw David Paul got interviewed earlier this week, and he's like, yeah, we may have made a mistake on oh, that Oh, did he really one. say that? Yeah, some shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like some, uh, something like that, something to that effect, um, where you know, obviously they didn't want to lose him, and he's doing very well in Seattle. Um, so that might – I could very easily see that turning out to be like the worst uh, waiver transaction ever made in NHL history. I mean, okay, worse. I mean, what what I don't know what other ones would come to mind because also especially because of it's not just a hindsight thing. This guy was an extremely uh high like sought after prospect, uh, and then you know he just was taking a little bit longer to come along than they thought. Lost him on waivers, and he could very feasibly still turn out to be that like thirty goal guy. Yeah, like here's the here's the quote. So he could be quote could be a mistake on our part waving him. Um, he asked. Did we give enough? Did we give enough opportunities? Should we have played him higher? Time will tell. <laughs> Time will tell. <laughs> oh, what a fucking dumb quote! Um, just, just nut stuff. What a, what a bugger. That's a sign of anyone who is dumb and wrong, is saying, "Oh, I guess we'll see." Like this, this is always like when people like this was kind of like the analytics eye test thing for a while. When like there'd be a trade that happens, and ev- and some people will say. Oh, this team made the made a bad decision. For example, then the other people, the defenders, will go. It's impossible to know that today. We have to wait to see how <laughs> things play out. And then it plays out exactly like it was predicted. And these people go, "Well, obviously you can say that now with the hindsight. <laughs> now that we all know what's happened." Yeah, that's right. They can't lose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they will never admit fault. They never uh, lose when they go. Let's wait and see what happens. And then, wow, that sure happened the a certain way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But they'll never admit it. Um, but uh, yeah, already already paying off in spades. Like we said, the mystery how he got to you know all the way to Seattle spot in the order uh, in yeah. terms of waiver priority. Um, and clearly those teams ahead of them may be regretting it because you know free free player like this who was already on a tear, um, paying off in spades. Uh, and then uh, Jaden Schwartz scored an empty net goal, made a three nothing, and uh, that was it. Um, you know the Bruins had a handful of nice chances, but. They weren't nearly as dominant as I expected. They looked, you know, a bit slow on the puck. I saw uh, Jim Montgomery afterwards talking about how they were tired after that, you know, because they just went on that California road trip. Um, I thought they looked tired, and I was like, you know what, that that makes sense. They weren't they weren't as quick, um, and their decision making wasn't as sharp as you would expect from the Bruins. I would you be surprised not to see some like maintenance day, maintenance days, and for the top players moving forward. I mean, like for. Any playoff team in general who's comfortably in, like, Toronto kind of just sort of did that with Matthews recently. But Boston's, like, almost got the President's Trophy locked up at this point. You know, let Pasternak chill for a second. Back, especially the older guys like Bergeron and Craigie, you know? Give them, uh, lower their workload a little bit. This is exactly what I was thinking, um, is because they're so comfortably ahead of Toronto even, uh, for, for a second, let alone a playoff spot, you know, r- you, can, you, can, you can rest them. Um, Play Swimming more, too. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Well, they already are on a timeshare basically with with Allmark and Swayman, but even you know, tip the scale in Swayman's favor. Maybe have him try to figure it out because he hasn't been having a very good season. Um, that can't hurt. And and as for the skaters, yeah, they, they, it's a pretty old team. 
right? With guys like Krejci and Bergeron, um, if you can give them a chance to just you know get healthy uh, or just rest up and not be so tired for the playoffs, because you know I think that'd be ideal. I'm really enjoying the way uh, this is shaping up because it's very rare you go into the playoffs with like one Goliath team that because they will be the odds on favorite, of course. They reminded me a lot of the Chicago team in 2013 that won the President's Trophy by a very significant amount and then, you know, won the Cup. So at any point in the playoffs, if the Bruins lose, it's kind of a surprise. Right. That's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But they're in tough with their division, I think. (laughs) Tampa and Toronto, who probably should do the same thing at this point, Um, especially Toronto, who's, who's leaps and bounds above Tampa in the standings right now. Tampa usually kind of does that anyway. Kucherov, yeah. don't play for the next three months. <laughs> you know, that <laughs> Just, type of thing. Yeah, that bit. Um, and it's worked out well for them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. You know, like this, especially Toronto, you know, that you make the whole bit of like, oh, we got to win in the playoffs and shit. Take those steps so that you're better positioned to win in the playoffs, um, which means, you know, load management. And granted, it's not great for the fans if you're showing up for the game, but, you know, it's great for the fans when you win in the playoffs. I'll tell you yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I say, fuck the fans. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. All right. Uh, last game of the week, last night, uh, Bruins beat the Maple Leafs 4-3. Uh, I'll admit I didn't really have time to watch much of this game. I just watched the the highlights very quickly right before we started recording. So Tysier is going to take the lead with all the intricacies and nuance of this match. Yeah, so off the bat, we had this uh, random-ass fight. Nick Foligno, Wayne Simmons. How old are they? What's their combined age? Like 80? No, not 80. No, no, 70, no. 76? I don't even think it's that old. Simmons is, uh, well, he was drafted in 2007, so he was to be, he's only 34. Okay. And meanwhile, Nick Foligno, I'm pretty sure, is a little older. Uh, Nick Foligno's 35. Okay. The combined so, age is pretty nice, I would say. 69. There we yeah. go. On the money. Um, but, uh, all right. Kind of random, but... Uh, you know, they had a fight. Congratulations. It was a uh, long one, too. Yeah. You know, just, you know, just, you, at one point, you're like, call it off. Okay, that's enough. Yeah. I've seen enough of this. It's okay. We're good. Um, but uh, the Leafs scored on the power play, went nothing. Nice, nice, uh, nice little passing play by the Leafs to gain the zone. I was impressed. I was like, oh, that was smooth. Um, but uh, Michael Bunting scored. Nice little pass from John Tavares. Uh, then Brad Marchand. Uh, well, he was the one who scored the goal, right? Who uh, he basically tapped it in, uh, or no, it was Bergeron who scored. Yeah, off so. off a of Marchand pass. Um, after Morgan Riley kind of got pickpocketed by Patrice Bergeron, you had a take. You as you were watching the highlights in front of me, you said more. You think the Leafs should trade Morgan Riley, and you said you were dead serious. Yes, and I've, I honestly I feel like I've held this opinion for quite a while. Really? Um, even maybe even like before TJ Brody got there. Yeah. Uh, because someone drew the comparison after the Raptors traded DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard. Like, you know, DeRozan is a very good player. He's not like a championship caliber, you know, star leader, whereas Kawhi Leonard is. And they drew the comparison to Morgan Riley. Like, he's a very good defenseman. Is he the number one defenseman that's going to do all the number one defenseman Stanley Cup things? Uh, maybe not. Maybe they need to include him in a package for better defensemen. So I kind of like, you know, that kind of makes sense. But even if you don't take that argument, I do think Morgan Riley uh, is not very good defensively. Uh, he was—I mean, he was out of the lineup for a while, and they stayed afloat very well. And they have—they have too many defensemen now, um, which you know is a good problem to have. You know, uh, Brody, Giordano, Hall, Sandin, Lilligren, Timmins, 
and you know Jordy Ben, Victor Mete, Mac Hollowell outside of the lineup. Jake Muzzin injured. That's kind of a different thing. And I think you know look at Morgan Riley, uh, the most expensive one, uh, one who's not very good defensively. Um, and if you have you know other holes to plug in your lineup, especially you know improving your forward depth, then I think Morgan Riley's you know the obvious piece to move to get it done. I guess, but then you know you talk about okay, is he really a number one defenseman? You know maybe not for a cup winning team. Um, but a they have the support staff in in that in that defense. They have enough depth to to make up for that. I feel, and even if they you have enough depth to to stay good after they trade him for. Yeah, Some, for, is it good? But like, if you trade away Morgan Riley, now you're really like, who the fuck is the number one defenseman here? You know what I mean? And, and unless you want to bring back the number one defenseman, in which case you can't invest in forward depth because you're gonna be bringing that other defenseman. And who's who's taking this contract, man? He's got like eight years left <laughs> at seven and a half million dollars. Um, I'll think about it. <laughs> I, think, I think the window on this has passed. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I. I wouldn't be a mid-season move for sure. No, it really wouldn't. And I um, also think especially because he's kind of like big leader guy on the team who's been there a long time. So was DeMar DeRozan, though. So Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is true. I you feel like could. Kyle Dubis is maybe more kind of like, these are my guys. No. I'm sticking to them. Right. He's not the number one guy either. He's like, obviously, you got Matthews, you got Marner. Uh, so he's not even really the best skater on the team. Not not really close to it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you could you could trade him if his contract wasn't. Just terrible. Well, not terrible. It's just long and expensive, right? Unwieldy. There's the word. Unwieldy. Yeah, it's an unwieldy contract. Who's gonna take it? Okay. It's a fine player. Unappealing. You know? Unappealing. Sure. Um, my word of choice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wow, that's, that's harsher. Um, but back to the game. Leafs take a two-one lead. Pierre fucking Engvall of all people carries it up the ice, and he's like, he like, he doesn't totally split the defenders. Um, but you know, he's sitting there high, from the high slot, shoots it, finds his way through Linus Allmark, who probably should have had that. You know, I, I, you were watching the highlights. You disagreed. You said, you know, it was a nice shot by Pierre Engvall. I'm like, at this distance, with the caliber of goalie that Allmark's been this year, probably should have had that shot. Yeah, well, you know, can't get them all. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, make it 2-2. Connor Timmins. Talk about defensive depth. Just an awful play. He's got it at the boards in the offensive zone. And does, uh, my notes say, Galchenyuk-level horrible pass. Just throws it up, you know, cross-ice pass at the blue line. Uh, and it gets intercepted. And the two guys who you want least on a little 2 on break, Brad Marshall and David Pasternak. David Pasternak kind of catches Matt Murray cheating to the pass and, like, slides it by him. Makes it 2-2. Um, then you had a fun little sequence. Uh, where the Leafs have the puck down low, and there's like a sequence, and Giordano has the puck. He tries to pass it across. Taylor Hall intercepts it, but it goes right back to Giordano. And Lena, he's got basically an open net. Linus Allmark is completely down and out of it. But Allmark recovers, makes a crazy save, and then Bruins go the other way. A.J. Greer scores to make it 3-2. Just, an, just a bad goal Matt Murray should have had. Um, you know, especially considering it was AJ Greer and Nick Foligno on the rush there. Um, Pavel Zaka, who we'll talk about later because he signed a new contract, basically completely open, open net, uh, almost made a 4 2. Um, but then, uh, Austin Matthews from in tight, you know, after Hampus Lindholm turned it over to Mitch Marner, um, and he kind of snipes the top shelf. Bruins are kind of caught out of position after that turnover. Um, make a 3 3, 
looks exciting. Maybe going into overtime, but the Bruins are really kind of pressing at the end of the regulation. And uh, with, with like about a minute left, Matt Grizzlick, point shot, slap shot, after an extended cycle, makes a 4-3, and uh, there's your game. That was only about a minute left? Yeah. Really? If I recall correctly, I think so. I thought it was like 11 minutes left. Maybe, yeah, maybe I missed the clock. Uh, let's, let's see. It was last night. There was... A minute and 15 seconds left. I'm the one who missed all the clock, which makes a lot of sense because I'm the one who watched the highlight pack extremely quickly. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there you have it. Um, so, I mean, this type of game, obviously, Toronto being uh, right below the Boston tier, which includes just Boston. Um, these are the test games for the Bruins. And my impression is that they were better and that they won because of that. Uh, the greatest student analysis by me. But what I'm, <laughs> what I'm getting at here is the question... Uh, why are the Bruins so good? Very, they they have almost no holes is the answer. Um, they've they have a lot of guys who have really stepped up. You talk about well, first of all, Linus Allmark is number one, first and foremost. Um, playing like a Vesna candidate, just insane, nuts. I don't know what his save percentage is right now. Very I'll high. look it up, but it's 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 top of the league, and it's absurd. And you know, we we I think we complimented the Linus Allmark signing when it happened. I, I think, see, everyone except me was kind of like, oh, I don't know. But I was like, this is a great. Allmark is an exceptional goalie. Yeah, he was great with Buffalo. And look at that. He's, he's, he's I'm correct once again. Nailed it. Uh, and what's the season? 936 right now. He's 9.3. Again, I'm running my analysis. Is that what they say? Yeah, exactly. No, a home run. Um, but, uh, yeah, well worth the signing. And then you guys, you got guys all around the lineup. Obviously, Pasternak's been insane. Been nuts. Um, but, you know, I talked about Hampus Lindholm who's having a great season. Um, that really kind of shores up the defense next to Charlie McAvoy. And then even the depth. You know, they have a lot of depth. And, like, Charlie Coyle's having a great season. Craig Smith is the notable exception, but that's really it in terms of forwards who are, you know, not living up to expectations. So the whole team's kind of clicking. And then when you have a, a, the forwards that they do in their top six, that's what happens. The Bruins, I'd say, over the past, like, 12 years since – Actually, even longer, stretching back to even before they won their Stanley Cup in 2011, I've had a really interesting kind of trajectory because they've never been very bad. They've only been a little bit bad for short amounts of time. And this is in spite of the fact that they've made some really boneheaded moves consistently throughout, even starting with trading Joe Thornton for nothing in 2005 or 2006. I think it was uh, 2006. Um, there was you know the Tyler Sagan trade. Uh, they got roasted mercilessly for, and rightly so. Um, you know, they've traded away tons of, of star t- the Dougie Hamilton trip right after um uh, Don Sweeney took over. Uh they made all those those trades in like t- in twenty fifteen to make their team worse. And then twenty sixteen, uh they missed the playoffs. Twenty seventeen they lose to fucking Ottawa in the first round. <laughs> and yet somehow they resurfaced from that and became a contender again. Almost won the Stanley Cup in twenty nineteen. And now going into this season, uh, we were like, Oh, you know, they got him. Montgomery, what are they thinking? Why are they signing Hampus Lindholm to such a long contract? I don't know about this team. There are these injuries too, of course. And I remember being like, oh, they're not going to be that bad, but I'll still put them, you know, in like the top wild card spot or something. And instead they're uh, threatening the like the win records of all time, you know? Like yeah. Lightning, then they, they tied the record of 62 wins a couple years ago. Right. Uh, and the Bruins, are they on pace to pass that? I think they're at least pretty close. Let's see. Uh, He's looking it up. Yeah. And I think, yeah, it comes down to you know, what you're saying. 64 is 
they're on pace. They're on pace for 64 yeah. wins. Yeah, so they might go down as the best regular season team of all time. Um, and it comes down to, uh, you know, Allmark playing very well. Pasternak is on a 64-goal pace. Um, still not quite a McDavid pace, though. Or Tage Thompson's, I think. <laughs> I don't know what Tage Thompson's is, actually. That might be incorrect. Um, and, yeah, Oliver, David Krejci, I think especially, though, has been a pleasant surprise. You would expect him at, at like, uh, what, 36 years old and going to play in the Czech League for a year. You would expect him to have taken a step back. I've, he's better than I remember him. Yeah. No, he's great. Uh, and I think what he's done in terms of pushing down Charlie Coyle, Charlie Coyle's look awesome. Um, and that third line in particular, mm-hmm. you know, like him, it was a Hall and Trent Frederick, of all fucking people. <laughs> um, they, have, they have so many good forwards. And that third line is, is really playing lights out. And they lost Jake DeBrusque, too, who's also having a great season. He's out with uh, was a broken something, hand or foot or whatever it was. Um, but, yeah, like, they have, like, a full complement of, like, nine forwards who are, you know, great, uh, who work in a top six role, let alone, you know, having, like, maybe the best line in all of hockey. Yeah. This is how the, well, kind of how the Bruins had success from, like, 2010 to 2014 or so, um, when they won the President's Trophy in 2014. Um, they had a very kind of next-man-up situation in their entire system. Uh, that's when Claude Julien in Boston, he never changed his lines, uh, like, the entire season. So you had, you know, line one, line two, line three, line four. Say you're, I don't know, say Nathan Horton gets injured on his line with Milan Lucic and David Krejci. Boston will say, all right, we're calling up Jordan Caron, and you're going right on that line. We're not shuffling things around at all. Um, and, you know, that's kind of how, uh, how those teams built cohesion. Uh, obviously, most coaches, including Montgomery, uh, we'll shuffle things around a little bit more, but it seems like every combination, whether you keep that uh, Ratatouille line together, whether you put Pasternak with Krejci and Zaka like they've done, make the all-check all line, um, every combination seems to work great because every, and I think that's something to do with every line being on the same page and not necessarily buying into that classical, uh, this is our scoring line and this is our checking line and this is our energy line. Yeah, no, I, I think it's an absolute credit to Jim Montgomery. Uh, to step in and done the job he's done, and he's shown the ability to adjust his lineup, right, and, and smartly so, and have it work out uh, where you know it's not like that Claude Julian example where they're set in stone, where it's it's very much a fluid lineup. I mean, obviously there are some parts that you, you, they keep consistent, um, but yeah, it, it, you know you you lose a big piece in Jake DeBrusque, and you got you know he makes he makes a lineup change that ends up working, uh, and he rewards you know Craig Smith who bad season but was playing well recently apparently. So he was on waivers early this year. Yeah, he was. Um, and look at him now. First, first yeah. Line. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and, and the system, like, even defensively, they're, they're very good. I think they've given up the least goals in the league. Um, so it's not just the offense, but this team is playing, you know, both ends of the ice. Lights out. I think they're the only, goal, only team who hasn't given up 100 goals yet um, wow. this season. So, yeah. Part of that is the, the personnel on defense. I mean, you know, McAvoy is uh, one of the best in the league. They acquired Lindholm, and we were kind of like, really, is that the hole you need to fill in your lineup? But, I mean, you know, an incredible defensive defenseman who is, I think, on having the best offensive years of his career. Grizzlick, Carlo, great defensively. Mike Riley's only played 10 games. Maybe he was the problem after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, all, all six of them. Like I said, it just it really seems like nobody's having, like, a bad season. Right? Except Craig Smith. Except Craig fucking Smith. Um, and then you, you add, obviously, all Mark. That'll drop your goals against um, by a shit ton. Yep. Um, yeah, there, there's really, like, you know, you talk about the deadline and what could they possibly do. 
It's like what what do they need? Like I guess fourth line depth is the weakness, but like you know, Carolina's fine. Um, that's, yeah, that's really the only place. I mean, what I see the Bruins doing is acquiring you know kind of better like fifth and sixth line quote unquote or fourth and fifth pairing depth for injury insurance. I don't yes. I don't think there's really uh there's no need. There's, I don't foresee a way the team could improve upon what they already are by acquiring, like, I don't know, a top six forward or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because, um, you know, you talk about teams are sometimes afraid of, of messing with the chemistry or whatever. With the Bruins, that's a situation where I go, that's reasonable. Yeah, that's fair. Although, you know, more talent can't help. <laughs> you get a top six forward, you dump them on the fourth line. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, I'm sure put Bo, make Bo Horat your fourth line center, I guess. <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> Why the fuck not? Um, but yeah, this team is uh, and then and when they get Jake DeBrusque back, they'll even, they'll be that much better off for it. So mm-hmm. yeah, speaking of uh Boston forwards, one of them got a new contract immediately <laughs> after the the game last night. Pavel Zaka acquired just this last off season, right, from the Devils. Yep. Um, who's been having great year with the with the Bruins in his first season, gets four years, four point seven five million dollars. Interesting, interesting deal. You want to give your take on it? Oh, I think it's bad. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's a good deal. Right. Uh, Pavel Zaka. Uh, he's on a ten goal pace. <laughs> he's got twenty five points in forty two games, so he's he's uh, you know, filling up those assists. Probably thanks to playing with David Pasternak uh, very often. He is not at all the straw that stirs the drink. I think he is a, a very replaceable player. I think that you could probably get someone to be about as good as him for half the price. So I wouldn't have made this deal. Um, and you know, you, what you want when you got a team this good is for players to want to stay there. And you can expect to take this to the... He was going to be an RFA, right? I think so. Yeah, so you can probably stand your ground pretty firmly, take this to the offseason, uh, and then say, you know, this is the number. We have a good team. We don't have room to keep everyone, which is true. Because Pasternak's going to need a, a new deal yep. as well. So you say, you know, are you in at this number or are you out? you got to play more hardball with a, a middle-of-the-lineup player like this. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, replaceable is, is the right word. Uh, and, yeah, he's been a guy who's like, what, 30, 35 points with the Devils consistently in his career. He shows up. He's playing next to way better line mates. Uh, and, you know, his, his scoring rate goes through the roof. But as you mentioned, only at five goals uh, and not really the driver of play, although he's a very nice complimentary piece. Uh, but do you pay this amount of money for a complimentary piece on a team where there's already so much talent where you probably want to spend that money? You know, you want to prioritize that more like a Pasternak. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a bit rich and it feels like you're, you're buying at the highest possible point Yeah, for, for Pablo Zaka. And if a 10 goal pace is the highest possible point, <laughs> then that's a different problem. Um, so here's the, the next question. Um, what, what next? What next in terms of what? In terms what of the mean? Bruins. What next? Well, I mean, yeah, like we said, load management preferably. Um, but you just this team is so good, you just you just keep rolling. Um Yeah, just just keep them motivated. Are they gonna win the Stanley Cup? Oh, okay. Are they gonna win the Stanley Cup? Well, it sure looks very they look like the favorites. Um we're gonna you know, I've got an interesting take on on, on who I think is gonna win the Stanley Cup that I mentioned to you earlier this week. That maybe I'll mention later on. Mention it now. <laughs> mention it now. Speaking of teams 
that I may look into as potential Stanley Cup picks. You know, I gotta say, one certain people may call me spineless, which I know you have already. Um, on this take, the Winnipeg fucking Jets. I took a look at them. I took a look at their team. I took a hard think about them. With you know, it helps having Ehlers and Connor both on my fantasy team. Helps you think it makes them very proximal to me. Maybe a cup pick. You know, I see it. Granted, certain aspects are not there, are not present. Not as well-rounded as the Bruins. Not nearly as well-rounded as the Bruins. But have the Norris-worthy defenseman this year so far, Josh Morrissey. Ehlers and Connor and Dubois. What a crazy first line. And the key ingredient, obviously, Connor Hellebuck having yet another great year. Bounce back from last year. Maybe a cup pick. Team I want to watch this week. I'm declaring it now to see if I want to validate this cup pick. The Winnipeg Jets. Dear listeners, <laughs> I would like to apologize <laughs> on behalf of, of Taisei because I didn't realize all this time I was actually doing a podcast with an undercover hot take artist. Okay. An undercover hot take artist. Who is not only spineless, as I've already mentioned. Oh, boy. T- making an incredibly rapid pivot from, I don't believe in the Jets. Jets suck. Jets have no hope wh- whatsoever. From Jets are going to win the Stanley Cup. He is not only spineless. D- does he not only have no <laughs> principles, but he is brainless too. Because <laughs> oh, it would fuck. be one thing. <laughs> okay. It would be one thing if, for example, he didn't believe in the Carolina Hurricanes. And was like, I don't believe in the Hurricanes. They're not going to win. I don't bl- Trust him, and then all of a sudden, they're very good, and he jumps on the bandwagon and goes, all right, I'm in. I believe in the Hurricanes. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. He decided, of all the teams that he didn't believe in, the one he believes in is the one that shouldn't be believed in at all, the one he was right about, the one he was correct to not believe in, (laughs) the one with Carson Kuhlman in the top six and Sam Gagne playing all the time. We made a joke about them a few weeks ago about how they have half their forwards don't belong in the NHL. Uh, It's... uh, Honestly, the Jets, I don't care who they're playing in the first round. I'm going to pick against them. Wow. Even if they, they win the division, which they might, which they're curr- where they're currently slotted. Yes. First place. Yes. I don't believe in the Jets. Hmm. And I'm the one who said before the season, oh, I could see them finishing anywhere from second to sixth in the division just because that's kind of a mushy middle. And you said, no way. Jets aren't finishing second in the division. That's ridiculous. You're right. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm slowly evolving my team analysis, you know, as we move forward. And maybe they are 4-2-5 player. You know, maybe they're 2-5 they're player dependent for a Stanley Cup winning team. But maybe that's enough to bring them to the promised land. I think we should move on so you don't embarrass yourself any further. You know what? I, that, this is the team we're going to watch this week. I've decided That's this. fine with me. Unilaterally. And maybe... I'll be back, you know, on the on the non-crazy wagon next week, and uh, so you're admitting you're going back insane. to normal safe. I don't know. Maybe I'm having like some sort of bad acid trip, um, where <laughs> <laughs> I, I I for some reason have the epiphany that maybe the Jets are gonna win the cup, but uh, we'll see. You know, we'll see. I think I'll have to. I'll decide when playoff time comes around for the official predictions. Okay. I might be switching my pick from the Lightning to the Bruins. I might make the... Oh, come on. I might, here's the thing. Boring. So here's right. the thing. Yep. I know some will say it's a vanilla pick. 
It is a vanilla I pick. I think the fact that everyone's going to try to not pick the Bruins makes it not a vanilla pick. No, that's incorrect. No. That's wrong. It's not wrong. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not being special by, by taking the team. I am. Nobody I'm wants special. <laughs> Here's the thing. I, because I, I don't think I've ever picked, well, that might not be true, but like picking the, you know, the President's Trophy team to win the Stanley Cup is not something I normally do. I am breaking my habit if sure. I go with the Bruins. So people are, no, it's not just, you know, an uneducated, mindless, I'll pick the best team favorite situation because that's not typically my strategy. I'm in putting a lot of thought into it, trying to decide what I actually think is going to happen. It's the Bruins for me. All right. Well, we'll finalize it once the playoffs, once the regular season ends. Yeah. Still very fluid. You know, I can't say I'm committed to any one bit in particular when it comes to this, this Stanley Cup pick. Because, you know, you, you asked me, I think, what, on our New Year's Eve episode. Yeah. And I was very, I was very, the indec- <laughs> very indecisive. Penguins Jets Cup final. Is this your bold prediction? Who knows? We'll see on April 9th when I'll, when I'll make my decision. Exciting. But, uh, you know, it's very up in the air. I can be convinced on the spot, apparently, because now I've done a complete 180 on the Jets. So, you know, <laughs> next thing you know, I'll be buying the, I'll be picking the fucking Rangers to win the cup. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, that's that's the latest take news. Um, and uh, also preview into next week we're watching the Jets. Um, have you checked their schedule? Yeah, I checked their schedule. They have enough games. I, I don't remember who exactly it was. Okay, but uh, they have the. It doesn't matter. I'll okay. tell you in a minute. Um, so yeah, moving on to uh, other news. Or shall we go? Shall we go to Robin Lehner? Um, I like yeah. Should we start with Robin Lehner? Um, now you know more about this than I do, um, because all I saw was the headline that he's filed for some kind of bankruptcy, like seventh, some order bankruptcy. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, chapter seven. Chapter seven. I don't know what it means. I don't know what that means. It's the same thing, uh, that Jack Johnson applied for a few years ago. Um, and uh, you know more, I I just saw the initial report from the athletic that had almost no information in there. You read more into it because apparently... He's got to, like, pay off debts from his snake farm or something because he bought a <laughs> snake farm. It's worth, like, over a million bucks. Yeah, that's right. feed them and all that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, so let's, the same, same, you seen this is some stuff in common with Vander Kane, too. He fired the same kind of bankruptcy. They actually have, like, a fucking creditor in common and shit. Um, but he, owns, he owes between 10 to $50 million right now. That's how much he's in debt. To who? From, from the snake farm or just other stuff? In general, just in general, when you you know he's declared ten to fifty million dollars in liability in this filing, um, we don't know exactly how much to who, but you, you have the list, you know, of people he owes money to. It's a whole bunch of them. Um, currently, his contract he's got two years left, five million dollars, so not enough to pay that off. Um, and yeah, just the the one interesting detail was this exotic snake farm he bought a while back in Missouri, of all places. Did you say Missouri? Missouri is a Missouri. 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 Like misery, but you're putting the accent okay. on the different syllables. Missouri. 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 Yeah. Missouri. <laughs> He's got this $1.2 million snake farm. All right. He paid $1.2 million. He's got all sorts of fucking weird snakes, like anacondas and boas and whatever. Yeah. Do you know, is this just because he likes snakes? Yes. Or is he trying to like turn a profit from this somehow? I have no idea. Or he just wants he to have snakes. I think he wants to have snakes. That's insane. <laughs> it's pretty nuts. He's a real. He's got. He's a strange guy, which we already knew. But this yeah. kind of like this is the next level. Yeah, in in Missouri of all places, you know. <laughs> um, and yeah, the fun story. Well, actually, the opposite of fun. I really should not have said fun story 
with this tidbit about the snake farm was that the reason we really know about the snake farm it came into the news was because the guy he bought it from was murdered by his wife and then oh, that's wow. yeah just intense intense but you know that's that's who the guy who bought the snake farm from for 1.2 million dollars he was one of his assets wait so he, the guy sold robin land of the snake farm and then unrelatedly was murdered by his wife correct huh and but that's how we found out about the snake farm because the guy got murdered you know, people started looking into it, and it's like, oh, this motherfucker sold the snake farm to Robin Lanner. But there's no correlation. There's no correlation, we assume. I, I, I don't see how there would be any correlation. No, nobody's ever mentioned any correlation, other than the fact that Robin Lanner bought the snake farm. I hope things turn out okay for him financially. Yeah, of course. It's terrible. You know, you, you, you see these athletes, you, you know, mismanage their money. Very unfortunate. Um, Does this make the value of the snake farm go up or down? <laughs> Because you can have to sell it again to to help him. Yeah. Well, they're probably going to take it away from him as part of this bankruptcy bit. Yeah, that's true. To settle his debts or whatnot. Mm-hmm. The bank will probably own the snake farm. Um, Gosh darn banks. <laughs> taking away my snake farm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. There's there's the latest Robin Leonard news. I think what, he had double hip surgery. That's why he's out right now. So. I'm looking at the jet schedule right now. Just yeah. to go back to what we were talking about before. Yeah. You You have fixed this. I have been. <laughs> yeah, they, 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 baby. This week, yeah. the only good team they're playing is Toronto. They're playing the Coyotes today, Montreal, and Ottawa. Okay. It is a foregone conclusion they're gonna look good, and then you'll get to defend your cup pick well. Yeah. Well, you know what? Do you want to wait till the? See, they have a butter schedule for the next month. I'm looking at it. They got the Sens. They got the Flyers. Predators is all beyond next week. They got Sabres. They got the Flyers again. The Blues. The Blackhawks. The Kraken. The Blue Jackets. The devil. So the next real hard week is maybe the week of the nineteenth. So they have the Devils, they have the Rangers, the Islanders, and then the Avalanche. Yeah, it's around the end of February the into Islanders. the beginning yeah. of March where their schedule is really tough. But you know what? I don't want to reschedule the Jets because if they do happen to look bad, then there's even more evidence against yeah. you. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see what, what which way they lean. They're seven and three in the last ten, so you know they're in a bit of a bender. Mm. All right. Two more pieces of fun little hockey tidbits to to mention. Yeah. Uh, first. Well, I guess second, if, if Leonard was the first. John Tortorella has banned the iPads on the Flyers' benches. Uh, just another brain-dead moment by this moron. Um, so here's the thing. Yeah. All right. Here, uh, do you want to give your take first? Well, let's, let's get into the details a bit. I think the reason why this guy decided he didn't want the iPads was he thought they weren't engaged on the ice. And maybe they should focus on the play. They were too focused on looking at the iPad when they got back to the bench. Or focused enough during their shift. And maybe if they focused not during their shift and watch the game and watch their teammates play their hearts out, maybe they'd play better. He doesn't want them looking at the iPads on the bench. That's why the iPads are out. You know, we we, we hate Tortorella. We give him a lot of shit for, sort, for certain things. Yeah. I, I, I'm hesitant to do it for this one. I really Really? Am. And I'll tell you why. Okay. I mean, I've always thought that it was kind of ridiculous to have iPads on the bench at all to watch the play right then and there, um, not not for like uh the the reason of like uh oh you you gotta you gotta be the old timey whatever looking the momentum or whatever, uh I think, I, uh, you know that's what the intermission is for to you gotta evaluate the entire period as a whole for yourself and see how the game is going. I think to go shift by shift, you know you play the shift and then you're like all right how did that go for me. Like, I've, you should be able to kind of know how a shift went for you. And then afterward, you can kind of go back and regroup and be like, all right, you know, 
how was that? So that's why I've always thought it was weird, especially those, I, I mean, I don't, they're not all constant or whatever. Um, but I think I can definitely see the argument why, you know, they're useful to have, they're nice to have, and maybe sometimes there is something you want to watch. So I think uh, with John Tortorella, where John Tortorella went wrong was having an outright ban, you know, being this kind of, you know, coach dictator kind of guy. Um, because what's more important, I think, to do is to, rather than tell the players what they should or shouldn't be doing, is to instill in them what you believe when is and when isn't the right time to use the iPads. You know, if you say, you know, they shouldn't be used after every shift because then you're probably just not using it correctly. How do we get the most out of the iPads? We maybe figure that out together. Maybe there's like, you know, one shift here, one shift there, where it's nice to have that on the, on the bench. And the other interesting note part of this is that the Flyers are on a very unexpected and rare heater. <laughs> They've won like eight of their last 11, yeah. and it comes right in the middle of this. The Tortorella's like, we got to change something. We got to get better. Right. So he's maybe fixing something that doesn't need to be broken. And now they're going to make the same mistake shift after shift. Let's just watch. <laughs> the breaking news here is that you are, you know, you thought I was on an acid trip with the Jets. You have turned into a 65-year-old man with this take. You know, they're not playing Candy Crush on these iPads. It's like they are, you know, the instant analysis of, of what you just, whatever mistakes you just did, whatever formation, whatever you did on the ice. You get instant feedback on it and immediately improve. You don't need to wait for the intermission. Why dig yourself into a period-long hole if you can identify the mistake on the bench, figure it out, talk it out with your line mates, and then next shift, you're playing better. You know, maybe I think, I think what we're really getting at here is that this is something that's so ultra-specific. There's no way it's not drastically different from player to player. Whether one is better by, you know, uh, getting that instant feedback and whether one doesn't respond well to that and is like, how am I supposed to learn from the shift I just did? Right. But in which case, it makes no sense to ban them. Because yes. in that case, I agree with you on the, I think, I think banning was just, you know, towards going on a power trip again. Remember yeah. when the Blue Jackets and he like ban a certain like song from the locker room? They were like chill out. Yeah, something like that. But uh, yeah, I don't think there should be any sort of restriction on it. If the player realizes that he's not taking anything away from the iPad, it's not mandatory. You don't need to use the iPad, right? Just do the intermission bit. Figure out what works for you best. But I think you know having the option for a player that might you know benefit from that instant feedback and can apply it to the next shift is very useful. And their use should be unlimited. As much as they want. Here's what I think. Yeah. One iPad on the bench. Oh, boy. After every shift, Tortorella gives it to the player he thinks needs it the most, who just made the dumbest play. <laughs> oh, boy. This is really... If you thought if you thought he sounded like some sort of parent back then, speak about this one. All right. Who gets the iPad time now? All right. There's 20 fucking guys on the bench. All right. All right. No one gates. You need give it to me, Kevin Hayes. You got to give it to fucking... Uh, was Nick Glory on the team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, that's and it just they look stupid. You know, they look stupid. This comes out. You know, the optics are not good. But the, on principle, you should not be policing the iPads on the bench. It's dumb as fuck. Like I said, it's not Candy Crush. Um, if they they think they're getting a benefit from it, let them. Yeah. Who is he to dictate that? You know. He is the coach. He yeah. doesn't give a shit about the All-Star game. <laughs> That's right. Also, everything coming out of the Flyers recently, it's just John Tortorella quotes. It's just dumb John Tortorella shit. It's, it's the only thing that ever... I, the only headlines I ever see about the Flyers is John Tortorella said this about Kevin Hayes, about Travis Konechny, about whatever the fuck. You know, 
Yeah. There are a lot of jobs in this world I would not want to do at all. Being a player under John Tortorella, I'd retire. <laughs> Who was the draft pick who we saw in the yes, draft? Yes, yeah, he took a picture and this somebody is, was like, yeah, John Tortorella. Yeah, this was uh, yes. Alex Bump, a Flyers draft. We were at the day two of the draft back in July, walking around the concourse. And this is not like a public thing. It's like knowledge that possibly only we and Alex Bump's family know. Because we saw Alex Bump with his family, with possibly his dad taking a picture said say tortorella on a three one two three tortorella <laughs> and there was no one else in the vicinity except us they yeah. didn't see that we heard it now it's public uh for everybody to know for everybody to know breaking news yeah i mean honestly i would would not report to a team where tortorella was the coach i wouldn't be able to bear it i'd sooner retire terrible leadership just just no it's toxic you wouldn't want to be in every single day you go to work and he walks uh, in off oh, fuck here we go uh, again jesus christ what an atrocity, this dude. is just old man screaming at Sky. Just Except like, you actually have to listen to him. Yeah. Ugh. Screaming at you. Yeah. <laughs> old uh, man screaming at the Sky, but you have to listen to what he says. Rough. All right. Um, speaking of rough and bad franchises, let's talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Weird story. Very weird story coming out of Vancouver. Um, basically... At some random press, like, you know, scrum or whatever, Quinn Hughes was asked about Tanner Pearson. Now, Tanner Pearson, season ending was a hand injury. He had one surgery on it, didn't heal properly, had a second surgery, and then just had a third surgery on the same injury, same hand, uh, because it wasn't working out for some reason. Um, but uh, basically, Quinn Hughes, the quote here is, I feel bad for him. I mean, it wasn't handled properly. And, you know, it's not really a good situation he's got there. And hopefully, he's going to be all right. Um... Very bizarre. And now the Canucks have launched an investigation, an internal investigation into their medical staff, what went on. But, uh, yeah, you don't... It's kind of like it really came out of nowhere, the quote, especially with Quinn Hughes. Um, and it sounds like they weren't going to investigate it had the quote not come out, um, was what you know Jim Rutherford made it sound like. And, yeah, this just maybe some medical mispractice, but uh, just, just some more bad news coming out of Vancouver. And you'll feel for... Obviously, Tanner Pearson got the three surgeries. Uh, whenever you had the same medical procedure kind of pr- going over and over, it's not good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe uh, Q, the Quinn Hughes quote about not handled properly was like edited out of some kind of uh, public video release oh, on the okay. part of the Canucks. Uh, so, you know, uh, that, that says a lot. Um, have there been other instances with the Canucks and kind of like shady injury handling? Of the, in the over the past couple of years, I can't remember specifics. I feel like I feel like there have been maybe, um, but I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. So everything out of Vancouver is bad, bad, bad these days, and it keeps getting worse. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nothing new on that front. No, just a terrible look though, uh, and uh, kind of kind of fishy, you know. There's the vibe. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing fishy happened, but. Or yeah, something like this. You, you know, know people talk about, like, uh, the Penguins as a team that's, like, constantly injured. Remember, like, you know, even you know when, when they're very good, it's like, oh, they managed to stay afloat, even though, like, Malkin's out half the year, Crosby's out half the year, about all these great players missing. And I think it may be more so that the Penguins and their medical staff just actually take injuries more seriously. That's a theory that I know other, other people have had. Could that be. if someone yeah. that they really, in the regular season, will give any player time to let things heal and they built the team uh well enough to the point where like you know they don't have to rush anyone back meanwhile the canucks trying to rush tanner pearson back of all people 
right? Uh, yeah. So that's – and Colorado, we kind of see the same thing. They have a very good team. They go, all right, Landis Gog, you're injured. You know, take your time. You need to be 100% for the playoff. This player's missing time. That player's missing time. Everyone's mi- missing uh, weeks here and there because they're able to and responsible enough to actually uh, let the injuries fully heal. Uh, most teams, uh, I am guessing, don't do it, at least not to that degree. And Vancouver – uh, possibly, judging by this, is on the worst end of that spectrum. Yeah, no, you make a good point. Um, no, I think I think smart teams, especially teams at the top of the standings, but even at the bottom, there's no point risking these guys. Um, yeah, you got them under contract. Uh, there's it's an asset, and you're not managing the asset correctly if you're rushing these guys back to play. Um, I think yeah, it's something you see across the league. Um, but I think the smart teams, you know, maybe ca- they catch on to the fact that, especially if you're heading into the playoffs. It's a war of attrition, so to speak. You want your players to be as healthy as possible, uh, more so than, I don't know, having a nice little stretch down the season. I've got one more thing I want to bring up before we do the guess who. Yet a second non-hockey-related thing (laughs) that I found very, very interesting. Go ahead. Uh, I got recommended an article this week uh, that was titled something like, uh, New World Record in Super Mario Galaxy 2 Speedrun. Um, okay. Uh, so basically, this is a video, my favorite childhood video game. Um, and so that's why I, every now and then, I guess my phone remembers that I have, you know, read things about it in the past. Um, anyway, so if anyone doesn't know how the game works, basically there's like, there is the full completion of the game. Uh, that's like, I'll, you won't understand what this means if you haven't played before. That's 242 stars. And then there's the, a regular kind of first stage of beating the game and like defeating Bowser or whatever. That's like 71 stars. So this world record was for that 71. And this world record actually was very interesting because it was on a charity stream. Are you looking it up now? No, oh, no, you're looking no, up something yeah. else. No, I, I looked up uh, what's 240. I was trying to figure out the star situation there. Oh, it's not important. It's, okay. Uh, uh, anyway, um, basically, so this was a charity stream. So there were four people uh, kind of like all in their own discord window in a way and you could see their screens that they were playing uh and they were all you know it was kind of a a race and there were also like two sportscasters kind of explaining like all right then this person's doing the the inside the castle ground pound oh he got it on the first try that's crazy you know things like that yeah um so and so you know you see like all the shortcuts and tips and tricks and whatever that they practice for hours on end every single day um Basically, the guy who got the world record, he already had the his, the world record and uh, beat it on that charity stream. Okay. Um, and there were you know the three other people there who were also like you know among the best in the world at this. Um, but honestly, the guy with the record, his name was Jay. Uh, he reminded me of Connor Bedard. <laughs> in that, <laughs> okay, he is among the absolute best in his field, and he's just so clearly on a different plane. He just so, so clearly better. He w- made like no errors the entire way through. The other one. <laughs> You know, they stumble here, they stumble there. Yeah. You know, they, they slip up to the point where even I can realize it. Uh, and he was just in a total class by himself. Flawless. Yeah. Yeah. Good shit, Jay. Yeah. Congratulations on your new record that you also previously owned. The Connor Bedard of Super Mario Galaxy 2 speedrunning, uh, honestly. There you go. What's the goal of that game? It's, the, it's not a drive. Is it a driving game? No, no. It's, no, it's a... It's you're, the... you're in outer space and you're like, it's, you're like walking around the planets okay. and like doing the goals and like you know whatever oh, okay, it's all sorts okay. of things got it all right neat shit uh congratulations jay like i said um <laughs> there we go 
All right, so there's your Fitness and Furb update. There's your Super Mario Galaxy 2 update. Let's move to Guess Who, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Let's roll. You picked the team this week. I did pick the team. You know, we funny, you just, we just mentioned Colorado. That's our team this week because everybody's kind of raising the alarm, aren't they? Um, they're out of a playoff spot, I believe. Even by points percentage. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. But by points, they're not in the playoff spot. Who cares? Not looking too hot. They lose to the Blackhawks of all teams. You know, it's just... Are they going to make it? Probably. But now it feels like there's a significant chance they don't. In which case, that would be, you know, wild. Uh, but By point percentage, that's they're not in either. Oh, God. All right. Oh, so, yeah. Point of oh, concern. Oh, shit. It is time to raise the alarm now, isn't it? <laughs> oh, man. I didn't realize. They're a 549... And they're behind 567 Edmonton. That's, That's a big jump. It is a significant jump. Yep. Yikes. Yikes, indeed. Um, how many points is it that? They're, okay, yeah, it's, so it's a little better when you look at it that way because they do have four games in hand on Edmonton and are six points behind. Okay. So for a team like Colorado, you would think that's not such such difficult ground to make up. You would think. You would think. You would think. And they also they have uh, Calgary also has 51 points and there are three games in hand on them. Um. So you know, right. no, it's not. It's not. It's not red alert panic, right? But it's kind of worrisome, you know. When, Quite when, worrisome. Yeah, yeah. When you know, then and hopefully they can get you know, like Landis Cog back and whatnot. Um, and Nishushkin's out for a while. Apparently, Nishushkin. 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 With his fucked up ankle. So <laughs> I felt mean. This second like, time he fucked up ankle. Fucked up. They he re-injured, right? So yeah. talk about bringing him back too early. Maybe you re-injure it. Now he's out even longer than he was initially, right? Yikes. Um. So that's that's not good for 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 the Avs. Um. And yeah, look the the injury front. Like I said, looking looking grim. Um. And the standings even grimmer, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. So that's the team. That's the reasoning. Yeah. Go ahead. So of course, with the guess who for the twenty-five players we picked. Um, you want to take into account who's on the roster now, uh, but also like, of course, we're gonna include Landeskog, even though he's on, uh, he, you know, he's injured. So we ended up with, uh, you know, some players who played for them this year might even be on the roster now who we didn't include, including uh, Dennis Mulgan, not here. Uh, and funnily enough, we've got uh, two goalies and ten defensemen and thirteen forwards, which is a ratio we never had before. So forwards and other positions is actually practically an even split. Huh. So maybe a fun first question. Is your player a forward, and you'll get a, an interesting, you'll get a fair split. I'm no, no fucking chance. No, I'm not doing it. No, notably, what was the last time that we played that I bungled the nationality? Well, first of all, what's the score on the guess? Who I know we played two times. Is it one one zero? Like, is it? Uh, I've got a win and a tie. Okay, all right. So I'm behind, unfortunately. And yeah, I've deleted nationality from my columns. You know, this is that shit. I'm not going back to that well. I will never again be tricked by dual nationality and that nonsense. Um, yeah, there you have it. Okay, I have my player. Oh, I have. I don't know, not yet. My garage band again. When I opened Google Chrome to look at these charts, it went system overload, which is odd because it usually doesn't happen. So I might have missed about five seconds of my dialogue, but that's okay. Um, I'll keep a very close eye on it. So here I go, copy pasting the last names into random.org, randomizing, and I've got my player. And, oh, we're going to have to do the superimposing back in. Remember to do that after. Yeah, that's right. You know, this time around, I'm going to even keep a list of my players. 
Smart. I always forget that shit. Um, okay, so we'll put my player's name right here in three, two, one. Martin Kaut. And we'll put Taisei's player name right here in three, two, one. JT Comfer. All right. So, uh, you've got home guest advantage because I'm the most recent winner. Yeah. Isn't that nice for you? Allegedly. All right. Um, so, okay. I'm guessing first, though. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's how home guest advantage works, you idiot. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to sort by. Oh, last thing. P- pl- player position Jacob McDonald, I've listed as forward and defenseman. Oh. What the fuck? Okay. All right. Really? Just want to make sure we're on the same page about that. We're not. But, you know, I'm Where did you have him listed? Just defenseman. Okay, because he's played some left wing. Cap friendly list him as left wing as well as defenseman, so. Wow. We almost uh, tripped ourselves into a. Uh... Yeah, that could have been bad. I want to remember to bring that up. Thank you. Good call. All right, All right. so he's both. Okay. So that was like 12 and a half. Is that, is that how it works? 12 and a half each? Oh, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Wait. Uh, well, I don't know. Not exactly. It's like, it's, whatever. Don't, anyway. don't count on me to do that. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a number question. Is your player's number uh, 37 or less? Yes. Okay. Oh, wait a sec. Oh, that's not what I want to do. Oh, whatever. I've already fucked up. Great news. Because um, now I've got 13 players and no goalies there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Boo. Lovely story. Uh, maybe by first name. That's a good split. All right. Uh, is your player's last name, say, Evan or earlier? In the last album? name or first, first name? name? First name, sorry. Uh, no. No, so it's Gabriel or later. Does your player shoot right? Um, hmm. Yes. Nice, I'm down to six. All right. I'm at 12. Which is fun. Um, hmm, maybe, no, not by draft team. Okay, was your player drafted in the uh, first or sixth round? Yes, my player was drafted in the first or sixth round. Um, hmm, what do I want to do? See, right now I have six players left, and two of them are stars, so I want to split them up. Um, trying to figure out how. Uh, was your player drafted first or thirty-fifth overall? <laughs> Uh, yes. All right, nice. So goodbye to Kale McCarr and goodbye to the two undrafteds here, Evan Rodriguez and Logan O'Connor. I'm down to three. Okay. Uh, I am going to split by shooting. Does your player shoot left? No. Okay. Interesting. Go ahead. I've got Eric Johnson, Nathan McKinnon, and JT Comfer. Is your player JT Comfer? It is JT Comfer. Let's go! You know, you, you did the, the you, you called out thirty seven at one point, and then you called out thirty fifth. Thirty fifth overall, so yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna take it. Um, all right, I have. Mark I didn't even notice I Comfort was the cutoff for both of them. Yeah, that made me nervous. Huh? Made my heart skip a beat. <laughs> Poker face. Uh, all right, I have Martin Cout, Nathan McKinnon, and Josh Manson. Is your player Martin Cout? Yes. Let's go. My player is Martin Cout. Woo! All right, so round one's a tie. Butter. Butter. Feels good. Feels Butter good. feels good? Yeah. Okay. That's smooth. All right, I got my next player. I uh don't, but I will in a moment. Right, you can go okay. ahead. 
Okay, I'm going to go ahead counting down from three. I'm going to put my player's name here in three, two, one. Miko Rantanen. All right. Want to do, announce yeah. yours? My player is Samuel Girard. Incredible. No, no countdown, countdown necessary. Okay. <laughs> All right, my turn to go first. I will sort by birthday. Um, okay. Was your player born in March 5th, 1995 or earlier? Was my player born March 5th, 1995 or earlier? Yeah. No. Okay. That's unfortunate. Mm, let me sort by draft team. I know there. Are, I noticed kind of a sidetrack. There are a ton of undrafted players. Ton. There's lots of blanks. Crazy. Yep. Oh, you leave them blank. I type in undrafted. Mm, that's kind of. Oh, oh, did I forget to put a team there? Are they undrafted? That's what I would be like. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm built different. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, let me just count something up real quick. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. Oh, that's it's too many. Mm. Uh, not time for the draft team question. Let me do another draft slot question. That sounds sounds okay to me. Uh, was your player drafted in the top forty? Uh, no. Okay. Goodbye, Andreas England and others. Right. Um. Interesting. All my Colorado players were all drafted in the first round of the top sixty. So far, that are left. So, is your yeah. player drafted by the Colorado Avalanche? Uh, yes, my player was drafted by the Colorado Avalanche. Oh. Interesting. In the first round, in the top sixteen. I don't know. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, is your player's first name Evan or earlier in the alphabet? Wow, talk about plagiarism. Ah, uh, no. All right. Down to six. You'd love to see it. Okay, I'm also at six. Got a, got a fun bunch, lots of lots of fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me start. Oh, I've got a bunch of shit players. Oh, that's lovely. You love to hear it. Okay, no, that's not a good spread. I don't even I don't even know how to divide these dudes. They're all okay. That's good. So, uh, was your player drafted in the top five? No. Okay. Does your player shoot or catch right? Um. No. All right. Got a bunch of lefties left. Got my final three. Okay. Wait. So you said not in the top five, right? Right. Okay. So I have uh, three players. I have Miko Rantanen. I have Martin Kaudigan. And I have Alex Newhook. Is your player Alex Newhook? No. I've got Jacob McDonald, Mr. Hybrid over here, Curtis McDermott, a player often confused for Jacob McDonald since they both are depth defensemen on the Avalanche whose names start with MacD, and the best of the bunch, Samuel Girard. He sticks out, so I'm going to always replace Samuel Girard. What is this? I'm very good. What are you doing? What are you doing? What is this wizardry? You can't get. This is not you. This is not like you. To guess twice in a row and have it done correctly. Travis, who's your player? Uh, yes. Is it Miko Rantanen? Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. I didn't get count twice in a row. What? You didn't get count twice. No. Oh, Worked out well for me that you somehow ended up with him at the end, though. Was that? I guess he kind of has some similarities to Rantanen. Who? 
count. In what sense? In the sense that you ended up with both of them right at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good luck for me. That's what I'm trying to say. How does that make sense? That's good luck luck for me that you ended up with count at the end also. Because... Oh, no, wait, no, that's not good luck. Yeah, you're right. I was going to... I had count. I was never going to pick count. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that actually was bad luck. And I won in spite of that. Yeah. Because you guessed fucking... You didn't want to guess Curtis McDermott, and you had to pick Sam Gerrard. I didn't want to guess Curtis McDermott because he's so similar to Jacob McDonald, who we were just talking about. So that's the most arbitrary bullshit, and yet it worked out <laughs> completely correctly, which is outrageous. All right, better get a fucking goalie on this. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Now you're playing for the tie. Yep. Uh, if this last round is a tie or a win for me, then it's a win for me. All right. I'm putting my player's name right here, Alex Newhook. My player is. Nathan McKinnon. And there you have it. All right. Okay. Guess away, my friend. Okay. Wait, isn't it your turn? Uh, oh, yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Uh, let's. How about age? Uh, mm, no, I don't like age. That's a split of 14 11. No need. No need for such a thing. How about nationality? Your favorite. Uh, is your. Hmm. Is your player uh, a oh, wait? Is your player a Canadian player under thirty-five? <laughs> That's a mix. Yeah, That's a mix. Uh, Canadian player under thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Down to eleven. <laughs> no. Let's go. Terrible. I lost both the goalies, but oh. I'm down to eleven. Man, that's that's a bad streak. All right. I'm going to do the same question as the last time. Was your player born March 5th, 1995 or earlier? No. Okay. Well, same group of 95 April. Wow, oh, that's so many defensemen. Yeah. That's seven defensemen all of a sudden. Uh, maybe now I'll sort by draft team. See where that, where that leaves me. Uh, was your player... Uh, I'm confused. I'm, oh, something. Oh, okay, here we go. So I've got eleven players left. Was your player, uh, drafted by Colorado or Anaheim or Nashville? Yes. Okay, I'm down to six. All right. That's good. It wasn't five. Yeah. Pleasant surprise. All right. Same. I'm in the same spot. Is your player drafted by Colorado? Yes. Okay. Oh, we're back down to the same fucking six players in there before. Yeah, I got I got six pretty notable guys right here as well. Um, so I'm gonna sort by shot. Does your player shoot right? Yes. Okay. We're we're working with something here. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm doing the same questions. Is your player drafted in the top five? No. Oh fuck off, eh? What is this? What is this? What are we, what am I going through here? So it's not not in the top five. Correct. You're telling me it's one of New Hook Coward or Rathen. What the fuck is this? You better not have gotten a repeat. I swear to God, I'm gonna sue if you get a repeat. I'm gonna sue your ass. All right, go ahead. All right, um, I've got Nathan McKinnon, who I would like to not pick because he's obviously incredible. As is Kel McCarr, my other player. Leaving me with this one option. Is your player Josh Manson? Okay. Okay. 
Oh man, you have you're two fast people. You have Kaut, you have Rantanen, and you have Alec Newhook. What a friendly bunch of three. Am I are you gonna psych me out of not taking Alex Newhook? No fucking chance. Is your player Alex Newhook? Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> yes. The early. Yeah. Part of me when I got Newhook, I was like, this is good because you know he just guessed him last round, so he probably won't guess him again. Yeah. Unless <laughs> it didn't occur to me to get the exact same group of three by asking the exact same question. Oh. Is your player Kel McCarr? Wait, you already lost, no? Oh, you I know, I'm just guessing. Is it McKinnon? Ah, ah, no. Lovely. All right. Another tie. Thank God. I was playing behind the entire time. Right? Sure were. Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that was a fun one. That was a fun one. I enjoyed that one very much. Shout out to the Avalanche. Uh, yeah. yeah. I hope they do make the playoffs. It's more fun with them there because they're good. Yeah, no kidding. All right. So that's the end of the episode. Next week, we're doing the Jets. Or this week, I suppose. Um, uh, there is a chance that I'll be actually be, like, be working on Sunday, so we might have to readjust. But I don't know, because I'll find out probably within the next couple days. Um, but we're going to try not to skip a week. I don't expect us to. Um, thanks for listening. Any final remarks? No, I remarks. Questions. What's a remarks? I have no remarks. Do you want to close this one out? All right. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Thanks for listening. Click subscribe on wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatnot. Uh, and, uh, yeah, don't forget to like our posts on Instagram. Share them on your story. Yeah, amen. Repost, repost. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. So, Jets content. Maybe I'll stick my take. Maybe I won't. The end. <laughs>